and welcome back to the Part Time with Talk the Podcast. My name is Grant. My name is Dave. We are back for another week of My Hero Academia. Um, we are really excited to talk about something for once, so we're going to jump right into the the synopsis. And uh, but first, the shout out uh, to at Frey Ranks uh, on Instagram uh, for the Momo thumbnail this week. More awesome art. Um, is this our first Momo thumbnail we've used? This might be the first Momo thumbnail. I think, like, generally speaking, the fandom for Momo it usually goes in a direction I don't love. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this, I saw this one on the uh, My Hero Academia subreddit, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is pretty. This is a pretty cool piece of art. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. So, well, uh, we'll go into the synopsis. So, uh, a series of surprise encounters helps give Shigaraki a new sense of direction for the League of Villains. Dave, I'm just, I'm just going to jump right off the <laughs> handle on this one. It's about goddamn time. <laughs> you know, like, holy fuck, man. We have been waiting for a shake-up for many weeks now, and I think we've, we've gotten it this week. My villain academia. <laughs> it's so good. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, first thoughts, uh, we fucking needed this. We did. (laughs) This is a, I think, more in retrospect. And, like, you know, forgive me for, like, repeating myself. But, like, it's weird to me that we're kicking off a pretty exciting arc 20 episodes into a probably, what, 25-episode season? Yeah. So, like, that's weird. And whatever, like, you know, who knows um, what was adapted differently as, as far as pacing goes from the manga, or if this is exactly how it went. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it, it was like a very winding road. You know that traffic sign for winding roads? Yes. They should have put that on the poster for the class battle. Unreal. Like, arc, like yeah. the key art. Be like, yeah. it's, it's just gonna, it's, we're gonna get there eventually. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but we have. Yeah. It's, but you know, it's it's funny too, because it's, it, it's interesting because it's kind of an opposite situation of the ending of last season because we had all the you know, lead up with the overhaul fight and you mm. know, the airy airy and deku going against him and then the business you know, was up front it was up front and then we had those like four or five episodes of not necessarily fill it like some what some would argue filler it was like the gentleman guy it was the, the uh a gentle criminal gentle and then, criminal but that, was, that was also the endeavor stuff too so like mm. it was kind of like where, what are we going to do in these episodes you know it was mm. kind of up in the air whereas this is like they're clearly setting a tone on episode 20 with um, we're assuming is the remainder of the season mm-hmm. so i think it's just going to be balls to the walls i think from now forward like at least this episode yeah. sets that tone i think yeah, I would really like, to, you know, and I don't know what we're going to get, but I would really like to spend some time with this whole cast yeah. for several episodes uh, and then and then have something happen. You know, it's a shame this isn't earlier. We already said that, but I'm very excited for the shakeup. Yeah. Um, maybe we should talk yeah. about how the episode opens. So yeah. uh, the whole thing opens with uh, Tomura Shigaraki. Uh, it's basically the last few moments from the episode previous where it's like him getting experimented on seemingly or something by the uh this kind of evil doctor who i think is sort of nameless throughout the episode um but we'll get to that um and he's says some ominous thing about you know all for one left a power behind for them them Mm -hmm. being shigaraki and and the doctor and then that's where we get a cut to black and a two months ago title card and then from here, this is pretty much where the episode sort of takes place, kind of in this vein, is uh, we had seen this character before, 
I can't remember, I think it was earlier this season, how do you pronounce this? Giga, Gigantomachia? Uh, Gigantomachia. Gigantomachia. Yeah. So he's there, and he is apparently what All for One has left behind. This is the power that the Doctor was referring to. Because they've been teasing this dude for like at least a season or two, I believe. Yeah. Because it was, they were, someone was like, had found him out in the wild, no? Some yes, he was like seen out in the wild at one point, and it was like okay, but what? How does he? How does he connect to the rest of the story? And yeah. apparently, this is how uh, we learned that he was all for one's old bodyguard. Um, so whatever that means, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and but uh, it's not super clear. Like he doesn't seem to just inherit the bodyguard or this uh gigantomachia guy he has to like prove himself to him or Mm -hmm. at least that's what ends up happening later because uh this guy just attacks them immediately and then they're like telephoned in by by the doctor who sort of tells them what's going on interesting way to kick it off it was it was because it was kurugiri that was the one that had had he was the one who had signaled that there was a power left over from from all for one correct because he kind of it kind of starts in the episode so we know at this point, obviously, like, where we're looking at the timeline, he hasn't been captured. And that's the crazy thing. Like, he's been captured for, what, like, two seasons? Two seasons. So, I guess this conversation took place even longer than that. <laughs> Not even. This, I think it took place, like, two months ago. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, the, right. the, the usage of time is the messiest thing. Like, recently, I think, with this show, it's... it's. I think if you sat down and, you like, brass tacks and you, you counted everything out, the time would make sense. But when it's all kind of fl- flashing by your face well, like this... it's obscene. It's obscene. So it's, it's obscene to say that five seasons isn't even... They're not even out of their first year of school. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're going into their last term. It's like, wait, what? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but, the, the time stuff is messy. But, yeah, so then, you know, and, like, when then they're out there looking, you know, they find, like, the giant dude and all that. And I thought... Um, I thought it was... The personality that came whenever whenever they start talking to uh, the, the the giant, the personality he had was like you know it's kind of stereotypical like it's kind of like big dumb like tall dumb loud guy, mm-hmm. but when he breaks down and like you know how he was upset about how weak they were, I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it just goes to show like how they kind of set the tone just how powerful All for One is like we know that, mm-hmm. but like his henchman is like choked that like they're not up to snuff either yeah um but uh very fierce sense of loyalty there yeah yeah, yeah. almost like infant like he like mm-hmm. you know, the way he came off it, it's kind of an interesting character and um and he, he kind of like you know i think like dobby attempts to, like makes an attack on him there's no effect mm-hmm. uh by that point and i think this is when like because that's the thing too I, I didn't understand like where the the uh like the radio that the doctor talks through came from, and yeah. then on my rewatch, I noticed it was around Gigantomachia's neck when he was like. <sighs> so then, when he made that first like yell and blasted out, like you know, you know, just like a fierce roar or whatever, I think it went flying towards him. Okay, good. That's probably good pick. I didn't catch that. So that's probably how they had him controlled, because like you know, they they hint very shortly how they kind of keep this guy in check out in the wilderness. Yeah, because uh, Villain League isn't really having any kind of success in, like, restraining this guy, and that's when the Doctor sort of pops in and is like, hey, everyone. Yeah. Uh, and then he plays, like, yeah, like, a, he has, he's got a iPhone voice memo of, yeah. uh, <laughs> of uh, All for One. Before, that's all it takes. They're like, one day you're going to get arrested, and it'd just be really handy to have, like, some voice clips. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's how he, like, subdues them. And then... This part I really didn't see coming. He teleports them to their uh, location, 
but it's the same like quirk or effect that had happened long ago way back in season three do you remember that i honestly they were referencing it i i it, nothing was coming to memory that's funny so like to write to remind you in the audience uh way back in season three when all might and all for one have their final showdown um the league of heroes like all might and endeavor and those guys they surround the league of villains and arrest them and they rescue bakugo and it seems like everything is going really well and that is when all of a sudden everybody that they have restrained um is teleported out like bakugo is teleported out and nomus are teleported in and that like messes the whole thing up Okay. And then they all have to fight against Nomus, and that like delays All Might in getting to All for One and uh, and the kids. And then you know he eventually does, and we have like the great showdown. But it's the same animation, it's the same quirk. Yeah. Um, and then it's coming back to him now. Now as as you're kind of recanting yeah. that, it's uh, it's coming back. So yeah, it's the same quirk that is used on them, uh, and the uh, villains all get uh, transported to this lab, and there's Nomus everywhere. Yeah. Right I, off the bat, yeah. you notice the one that throws down with Endeavor, too, which I thought was... Kind of cool. Kind of cool, but like they clearly that was like the first major tank they cut to, I mm-hmm. think. And I was like, okay, so we're playing... You know, like We knew we were playing around with time at this point, but it just kind of goes to show that, that Nomo was still in a tank at this point. Yeah. Which kind of... You know, like... Because you can just say two months... Like, when it comes to the show, you say two months, you're like, oh, fuck, I don't fucking know where that, when that is. Well, yeah, But to see it in the yeah. tank, you're like, oh, this must be just before potentially just before the endeavor we at least have a frame of reference now yeah 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 also the the way they used they used twice in this episode like as like uh again the best character the best character but like they have i don't know if it's like if he burps or yeah like he's like he's shitting himself but like they go to it twice in the episode and then that's how like this like i think toga's like oh dude like gross Mm -hmm. and then they get teleported (laughs) it's like that's pretty funny yeah because like the animation for the teleport like the forceful teleport comes out of their mouths yeah it's very weird yeah uh i don't remember if that was it was like that back in season three but very weird i I will say i'm pretty stoked that we got to a lab with the doctor with like a character that is directly responsible for the creation of the nomus Mm -hmm. like it feels like we're getting closer to you know that main thread that we always talk about yeah like we're learning a little bit finally um so I was just, like, stoked to see, like, okay, we're at least learning stuff about the Nomus. They come in apparently all, like, shapes and sizes. And it's it's nice because it's a direct follow-up to, like, the big lore dump we had yeah. last week, you know? So it's it just, there's, you know, it's, it's they're, they're good at this. They've been known to reinforce, like, episode after episode with the narrative, you know, like, pretty, like most anime. Mm-hmm. But lately they just haven't been doing that, right? Like, they kind of present something to us and they fucking move on and da-da-da. Like, it's been a while since they've done something like this, so it's nice to have it back, you know? it's Yeah. Especially in this this subject, because we are so excited about it. And the Nomus, like, I just wanted... I've been thinking about Nomus the entire time since yeah. this episode came out, you know? It's also cool to see... Like, this guy gives, like, a name, and then he goes, oh, that's, like, a name I made just up. made up. So, whatever. <laughs> He's just the evil doctor, because that's apparently it. what he wants to be. Um... He does say, though, that he's a close aide to One for All. There's no reason yeah. to doubt him here, because he's literally surrounded by Nomus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he more or less wants Tomura Shigaraki, and maybe the others, but mostly Tomura, to prove himself. That he's, you know, worthy to receive 
this doctor's full devotion. Can I? I want to jump in on that for just one quick second because no, the way he the way he says that is very interesting because he says, uh, "Some of you I'm meeting for the first time." Yes, he said, "I'm meeting Tamara and some of you," but he doesn't point out who. Mm-hmm. And like there does seem to be like. Him and Dobby, like, I'm not saying they know each other, but they had, like, an immediate rapport. Like, the way they were communicating with one another. They're all villains. They're all bold, right? Yeah. Um, but just the way he worded that, it's like he knows. It's not saying there's, like, a sleeper, you mm-hmm. know, agent in the group. But, like, he's at least familiar or they're familiar with him at the very mm-hmm. least, maybe. So, you know, maybe that's just grasping at straws. But that, I found that to be but intriguing. Think, just the wordage. Yeah. Perhaps the way, yeah. more than meets the eye there. I think so. That could be interesting. Um... Dobby would be a great character for that because he's very slippery um, yes. and kind of badass. So. They've been using him a lot this season, too. Of the League of Villains, it's, yeah. it's been him. They you know, seem, he's the guy we've seen. They seem to know how to use that character. He's nowhere near overused. I mean, none of these characters really are. Sure. Um, so he's got like a lot of bite to him in, his, in the scenes that he's got. Also, like his appearance, obviously, makes him kind of like a more intense character to... To, I think we around. I think we said this when the season opened up because I think he was they the opened first with thing him, we saw. Yeah. And like anytime he's on screen and he's using his ability, like the yeah. budget is thrown at him, which oh, I love. Yeah. I love so. big time. Uh, also a big fan. So with all this in mind, uh, he says, or actually, wait, there's one thing I want to I want to get to first before they you know give Tomura this like side quest that he has to go through. Um, there's this flashback. The doctor mentions uh, Tomura's father. Like, he, mm. it's a very weird throwaway line. He goes, how's your father? And then, like, he just keeps talking. Like, he doesn't really respond. Yeah. Uh, and then we enter flashbacks, uh, flashback time. So, Shigaraki has this flashback of All for One finding him. And he says he doesn't remember his childhood. And that his first memory are being in his master's arms. Mm-hmm. And then we go back again. And this is, this is, like, the backstory. We get the official backstory of Tomura Shigaraki so we knew a couple things about him right we knew that he was obviously like a protege of all for one and we knew that supposedly he's the grand son of the lady whose name I'm blanking on she was uh, All Might's predecessor Mm -hmm. so we knew that and now we know what the hands are about because his quirk or basically what we see is that all for one brings in all these hands and he says these are the remains of your family. <laughs> and he's, he fills in the blanks, more or less, because Tomura can't remember. And he's saying, like, yeah, like, you know, your quirk probably manifested in a way you weren't ready for it to, and you accidentally killed your whole family. And then, you know, there's this, like, phrase, which is kind of eerie, that Tomura uses. He says, when I put everybody on, mm. when I put them on, <laughs> like, when I put the people on my body, <laughs> I, feel, I feel all this anger. Do you think this is just a manipulation of I, yeah. All for One? You think he actually killed his family? Or, you know, because, like, All for One has, like, every trick in the book, really. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he essentially gets what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, the the real secret to his power is, like, absolute control. So, like, he wouldn't... What are the odds of, like, this all-encompassing, you know, control freak yeah. to have not manipulated the situation? You know what I mean? Like, it's... I So, I, I totally... Uh, I totally agree. I think it's the first place my mind went. I was like, oh, so it's it's tricky, right? I mean, I think there might be a secret door number three, but in my mind, there Mm. was options one and options two, and it was either this 
backstory really is that tragic and Tomura was really like born out of blood like fucking Dexter style yeah. and that's just awful and mm-hmm. it makes sense for that he's so twisted and especially that All for One was the one to find him and swoop in and mentor him I can see how he would All end too up convenient. Yeah. yeah I would see how that he would end up the way he is and then option two is like what you said like All for One maybe was at the center of it maybe killed Tomura's family and then sort of twist the story and, you know, using all of his power somehow manipulated the circumstances to make Tomura think it was his fault so that he would be easier to control. I think it's very possible it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's more li- more than likely it's one of those two things, unless there's something we're not thinking of. The ni- So the thing in this situation is, like, when it was presented to us, you know, same thing. It's It seems like it's either, you know, it's like, it's like I said, one, it's one, two, or three. I think any one of them whatever one it ends up being i would be fine with you know like if it was just plain the fact that mm-hmm. you know shigaraki did kill his family and he you know he is the way that he is like mm-hmm. i think his solidarity as a character now and like the way he wants to go forward it all like makes sense you know like it's yeah so and i think that's the sign of like a tremendous villain you know like no matter what the backstory is it kind of works. works now yeah, yeah. I, I agree i think whether or not the circumstances are true he believes them and that's what's driving him Mm -hmm. uh he has some kind of really intense trauma it was violent and now he like carries around this twisted reminder uh yeah so yeah i I agree It, it works kind of either way yeah um so that's like the really big bomb of the episode and then uh the doctor says okay so um, I'll help you guys and I'll devote myself to helping you accomplish your goals. But first, you got to prove yourselves. You got to achieve minimum rank and you have to make a Gigantomachia submit. He has, he's got to respect you. He's got to submit to you. So, like, you know, presumably in, in combat. So mm-hmm. he sends them off. Um, but Dobby says, I'm going to split up uh, because I think we have the, have the potential to help us gain a new ally who is likely Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, or that could be a misdirect. Who knows? But probably hawks um and then there's this weird little moment that i thought was uh, particularly interesting is when the doctor goes now johnny send them back and he has a little like handheld nomu <laughs> he's got one like a remote control like this one's yeah. just my teleporting nomu yeah which is pretty messed up everything's just a tool to these guys totally which is, yeah which you know uh you can kind of see maybe just sort of like the kinship between this doctor and all for one probably because they're both you know, pretty manipulative and everything's a play thing. Means to an end, exactly. Um, and then there's this whole exposition scene of, I mean, it's not even exposition. Is that what's the girl's name? Is it Toga? Toga, yeah. She basically gives us like a, a quick recap exposition dump of the fact that they've been fighting uh, Gigantomachia for two months. a month and a half or so. Yeah, yeah almost two months question for you do you think this is like two things like is this either an excuse to give him like a training arc so he's like more powerful when he comes out or is this the show being like fuck we don't know how to manage time just say they were in the woods for six weeks so i think it's the latter funny Mm -hmm. enough because the way they've been going this season you would think it's the other Mm -hmm. they don't i think like we don't owe them the uh, the benefit of the doubt but hear me out so they do tee up like later in this episode which we're going to get to it all kind of loops back to 
it almost seems like Shigaraki was like learning. He was like biding his time to find like a use mm-hmm. of Gigantomachia, and you know, like he's you know he's like the big bad. He's always thinking ahead, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this might be where some of the destruction of the cities has come from. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, um, because they're saying there's various because there's like the big one in Dika City, which is referenced later mm-hmm. in the episode, which is I think the first time we saw Shigaraki. Mm-hmm. Uh, the season I think is gonna or you know like maybe like was it like eight episodes ago? Yeah, like in like a <clears throat> opening or something like that. I post post um, post class battles, I believe. Yeah. First episode. Yeah. Um. So I think some of the destructions involved with that and like them kind of ripping around because they don't say they're not just like in this one basin the whole time. I I would imagine in a month and a half time they've made some significant distance around like where they need to go because they make reference to toga getting like they receive money and toga use their money to buy a jacket which i was like why is this being included but okay so what that made me think of is like well she clearly was in an area where there was a town and they were right. followed into the town and it was destroyed because there was like they point there's uh. a, I, I might be remembering there was a map at one point of showing like all the cities that had been destroyed it was like when the dyka city thing went down it was on the news reports and they right. mentioned there was other various cities so i think that's what that is the time yeah. And then it all just leads, there's a reference, I'll, I'll just say, it. there's a, a reference later in the episode where Shigaraki's just like, yeah, this guy is nothing, he's just got high HP. Like, he's mm-hmm. talking about, like, like as if it's an RPG, mm-hmm. which was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I don't think this was just them trying to, like, save budget or kill time. I think it weirdly kind of explains some things we've already seen. You know? Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, yeah, no, I yeah. that makes complete sense. I was I, I didn't connect the dots there on the coat. That might make sense about her. Like, you might be able to place her in a city that was destroyed, just because of how the time manipulation has kind of worked. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that uh, maybe that's how that works. That's that's a good pull. That's a good. No, uh, yeah. So where are we here? Yeah, the financial backing thing. I don't really know what drives this Toga character. Like, she says. Well, I, she's. Go ahead. She's. She, well, she's all about like stain because even like the the gecko dude makes a mm-hmm. point of like why are you here like there's no which i think was a good way of like killing any possibilities of like stain stuff coming back mm-hmm. uh, and he was like there's no traces of stain left mm-hmm. which is like super potent and i was like oh shit like they put that out very out in the open mm-hmm. um and then toga's like you know like i just want she wants midoriya she wants uraraka and then you know she loves stain right yeah she's like you know she just wants to wear skin suits I, and that's the thing i don't know <laughs> I don't know if she wants to kill those two or if she just wants to know that they're out there and just like antagonize them so like toga i think is the next villain i think we need a little more she's clearly going to be a big deal again down the road yeah she's kind of right now she's due and then but i think right now she's just kind of like background setting to the situation yeah i agree with that but uh, okay um the third and final act of the episode is this whole weird thing that kind of comes out of nowhere yeah. it's uh it's like a you know, i mean it's a phone call and it's like okay here are some characters referencing some other characters you may or may not remember and they want to do a thing that we've sort of set up like it's it, like this to me felt kind of clumsy like i'm glad we're moving in a direction that is going to demand action from the plot yeah. and it's gonna it's gonna bring us where we need to get i just thought like the setup was very weird i don't know if i'll say bad it was just weird I think I think the first steps of the conversation were a little jarring and a little like forced because like again they kind of led into it with comedy mm-hmm. and it didn't 
I don't know if it quite landed like super like the jokes were there, but like mm-hmm. but once the ball got rolling about you know the the meta liberation army, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's the most interesting that arc or that little plot point has been this season so far. Like they've yes. been trying with the hawk stuff and the endeavor stuff, and like they're trying they were trying to sound smarter than they were. I think yes, this is the most like grounded it's been and grounded it's like, uh, straightforward. Yeah, yeah. right. Because yeah. so, at first this weird that you know. Uh, twice receives a call from a friend of his named Jiran, I think. And we've met. Yes, we've met. Um, and long story short, they've been finding, they cut to the news, and his fingers are being found in random places. Whatever. Um, and then there's a guy on the other line who then says, hey, we've got your boy hostage. My name is Re Destro, and I'm the supreme leader of the Meta Liberation Army. We've got your boy hostage. <laughs> We've got a hundred thousand supporters. We're not to be fucked with, more or, le- more or less. And it's an interesting direction this whole thing goes in because you're like, okay, wait. So do you want to be friends? Like, what do you want? You know, it's. Yeah. I think it was kind of a neat direction to go in, to see that the Metal Liberation Army is not like natural allies with the League of Villains. They they want to fuck everybody up. Well, if we've if if this show has shown us anything, is that the villains are constantly beefing with one another. Yes. You know, it was like with um, is it Shai uh, Shai Hisaki? I think that was Overhaul, like the Yakuza group. They were beefing with the League of Villains, and now these guys are kind of beefing with them totally. too. Like it's just it's just a power struggle, right? Like a certain group wants to be running the show. It's not like a, mm-hmm. a utopia where all villains can be villains, but uh, yeah. We get a little taste about. You know how supposedly well supplied uh, the Meta Liberation Army is because they confirm that they've got like the League of Villains kind of locked in. Uh, they're locked in on their location with a satellite camera, which suggests that they're like pr- pretty well established. And then he goes on, you know, then he flexes about the over like 116,000 supporters, yada yada yada. So I think they're still trying to set up that like this is a really established foe. This is going to be for real. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. TBD. I did... I, I thought it was interesting that... Like, even... Because, <laughs> you know, like the conversation goes. Like, the, the re-destro, he kind of, like... He's fronting the whole time. But anytime that Shigaraki makes a comment on, like... Oh, you guys... it's a, I think he calls it a revolution once or twice. Mm-hmm. And the hubris of re-destro of, like... Just d- seeing him get upset. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this guy's, like, super cocky. Mm-hmm. You know, like, really, like, these guys are, they're pretty confident, which is sometimes hard to do with villains, I find, because they mm-hmm. come across as, like, having an absolute, and you're kind of like, well, you know, the hero's going to come in and probably put an end to this, you know? Yeah. But we're in the situation where it's kind of like two evil factions going toe-to-toe, and I think Shigaraki, I think, is getting, like, he's, like, in the hero situation, like, the hero seat, for the lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So... And and then also too when the doctor kind of chimes back in, he's like, "Oh, like I'm surprised these guys aren't." It just goes to show, like all for one screw. It's just like, I think they are truly the ones on top. Mm-hmm. Like it just goes how to show like how an evil presence all for one was and this, all his like his aides and all that. It's it really, really really interesting stuff. Like the characters dynamics they introduced were awesome. I agree. I'm very excited to see how these two kind of butt heads and who comes out on top mm-hmm. and how the whole thing goes. And that's inevitable because the episode more or less ends on them saying, hey, show up and take a city within an hour and we'll give you your boy back. But we're going to crush the League of Villains. And if you don't, then you're going to lose later anyway. 
And then the whole League of Villains kind of argues, like, well, what do we do? Like, what if it's a bluff? What if it's a trap? And then Shigaraki says, no, no, we've got this. Yeah. We're going to use Gigantomachia. We're going to lure him because he follows us everywhere. And uh, we're going to lure him to Deka City. He can fight it out with the Metal Liberation Army, and we'll sort of take care of whoever the winner is, is more or less what his so, plan is. Very villainous. Very villainous. But the thing I don't understand is why is the assumption that all 100, like 116,000 people are going to arrive on site? Yeah, I, I didn't... they're all across the country, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was clear to us, um, like, the viewer, because, like, they show, like, a like a map, like, being lit up, like a heat map. Yeah. It's, like, the same heat map of all the part-time otaku listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same amount of people, too. Um, nice. But, uh, you know, I think Toga says, she goes, well, what if they really do have 100,000 people? And he's like, well, it's going to be fine. Like, he'll take him out, and he'll be a little bit tired afterwards. And yeah. if it's not, if it's just one guy, then there'll be one dead fool, and that'll mm-hmm. be it. So I think, like, his point is, like, who cares? It's insurance. We'll bring this guy there. We'll, he'll wreak havoc, which is fine. And we'll get your boy back, and then we can move forward. And, like, you know, maybe we can find a way to take down Gigantomachia in the process, or whatever his name is. And, uh, you know, get him to submit. And then, you know, we can move forward with the doctor. So either way, I think like his 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 outlook is like we're gonna come out on top. I think so. However, this yeah. shakes out. Who knows if that actually happens? But I'm excited to see. Because we know at the very least, Darkest City gets leveled. It does, and you so, know who doesn't love some death and destruction? Because we only saw like the moments like post that or a moment in the scene with just like Shigaraki, right? So it's, he seemed to be laughing and having a good time. So I'm wondering if his plan came to fruition. You mm-hmm. know, that could be. So it's I mean, next could be a season. misdirect. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Could be a misdirect. You know, they've done that a couple times this season alone. But I think I don't know. I'm I'm back behind the wheel on this show. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's yeah. so fucking crazy how bad we needed this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even upset that we only have five episodes. I'm just gonna enjoy yeah. whatever is good out of this and just call it a day <laughs> like you know it's, yeah the uh i yeah. think they've done a good job setting up this arc and i'm very yeah. excited to see if uh, we can finish the season strongly um i've seen some of the chatter on the subreddit people are very excited about this arc so we'll uh we'll see how they do yeah yeah i think that about does it for this week i think so Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you are a first-time listener, uh, don't hesitate to like, comment, follow, subscribe. Do the appropriate social media action on the appropriate social media platform. And also, check out the post show. It is a second podcast we do, same channel, that drops a couple days after the My Hero Academia coverage. And we just talk about everything else that we're watching. So other animes like To Your Eternity, Tokyo Revengers, Sunny Boy, uh, movies, just generally speaking entertainment news so check that out and we'll see you next week bye guys cheers